could you imagine what it would be like to train for a race knowing you're going to have to wear ski pants or snow pants to get through the marathon? <laughs> I certainly couldn't, but my next guest can. He's pushed the limits in many different areas of his running career. He has completed the six major marathons in the world, and that's not enough. He set his sights on a new goal, and that's to be a part of the Seven Continents Club, and he's working towards Antarctica, if you could imagine. Much of this interview is based around how Coach Mark Menicello is training for the Antarctica Marathon, and it is crazy the things that they're going through. He's going to be traveling, or he's at least going to arrive with 300 other athletes from 25 different countries that are all going to be working towards completing this race. He's going to tell you the passion and what it's going to feel like to run at the very bottom of the earth where very few people can say they're going to have this opportunity and get through it. I'm so excited to share this story with you. This is Drew, and you're listening to the Transformations Through Running Podcast. All right, before we get into the interview, just a quick word about our fitness programs. I want to tell you about it briefly, and then you can decide if they may be for you or maybe not. I know runners, you guys are doing your own thing, but I want to tell you a brief story here. A good friend of mine, Noel Darcy, he came to me, and he's having a hard time getting past some of his personal bests or personal records, PR, PB, whatever you call it. I know everyone said something a bit different, but he's having trouble getting faster with his runs. And he was having a really challenging time. So he came to me, he said, what can I do? And he was, he was just exclusively running. That's all he did. And I said, well, you should probably work, add in some workouts. You should probably do some full body workouts. You can strengthen those smaller muscles. You can, you can make your quick twitch muscles faster. And you can be stronger for the end of the run. So what I did for him is I designed a workout program for him. And he was doing it for a few months. And he started to get faster. And he started to recover better. He started to feel better about himself. I actually interviewed him on my other podcast and radio show called Exploring Mind and Body. And he talked about the death race experience. And many runners know what I'm talking about or know what that run is. But it's super extreme. It's a crazy run. You run all night, all night, throughout the night. I believe you're running 24 hours. Most people do it in teams of four. And then you have a small number or small percentage of people that finish this death race by themselves so he was able to get past that that he was able to do something that he never thought he was able to do and i gotta tell you i strongly believe it was some of the nutrition advice i gave him and certainly a workout program that i helped him with so he knew exactly what muscles to strengthen and how to get better and reach some of the goals he had set out for himself. So if you're interested in any workout programs, let me know. We set those up for you so you can do them at home. You don't have to go to a gym. You don't have to wait in traffic. You don't have to pay all those extra fees. All we do is sit down with you. We put together a customized program so you know exactly what you're working towards. And we talk about how we can help you reach those goals. More details are at trueformlife.com. All right, welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you all so much for being here. Another fantastic guest is joining us here today. You heard all about him in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Drew. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Super excited to have you on the show to share your story with us and so we can all learn a bit more about who you are and what you do. Why don't we start there? How did you get into what you're doing and what is it that you're specifically doing? Wow. 
so I basically started running because my wife ran the marathon in 2010 and she motivated me to the point where I, I was just like, wow, I can do this too. And the following year I joined her and ran the marathon and never looked back. That was, that was kind of my drug for running and I've been running ever since. Okay, so that, that's that's super interesting. So it was your wife that really got you started. Is she still running and doing what you're yeah, doing she, now? She is. She's actually the program coordinator for the LA Roadrunners, which is for the LA Marathon training program. And I'm the coach there for the LA Roadrunners, and we work as a team. And for the last 10 years, it's really been a team effort between the two of us. So you guys have been doing that for 10 years? Uh, we've been in the program for 10 years. Um, we've kind of, we started both in the program. She started in 2010. I started in 2011, uh, just as athletes. And then we kind of moved up into the program. I became a pace leader, um, for the program for about four years. Then I moved up to a program coordinator with Maria then about three years ago, I was tapped to become the head coach of the training program. And Maria stayed on as the program coordinator. So she handles the pace leaders and most of the athletes and all the organizational part. And I handle the coaching and uh, the training program itself. And how many athletes roughly do you have with you there? Uh, the program is about a 1,000 athletes every year. Wow. So it Sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? That's a lot. It, it's a it's a big program. It was one of the largest, probably one of the largest on the east on excuse me on the west coast for many years. The program program goes back almost probably thirty years, uh, or at least thirty years. And you know I, I'm just fortunate to be one of the coaches that came up through the program, and um, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. I love seeing new athletes come in at the beginning of the season and they're all, you know, you could see the, uh, the fear in their eyes. <laughs> and then by six months later, you see them at the end of the season when we're about to do the marathon and you, and you can just see that they've got the eye of the tiger in them and they're all like raring to go. So the transformation's amazing from beginning, middle, and, and to actually accomplishing the marathon. Let's take a step back before we jump into too many more details here. Where did you originally come from you're in la now which is where we're hosting okay. the show where did you come from yes so i grew up in boston and graduate uh, grew up in a city called revere which is north side uh primarily italians and after college i moved to chicago so i was in chicago for about 15 years where i met maria my wife and we were we were there. We moved in '04 from Chicago to L.A. I like to say that I moved from cold to colder, and then I smartened up. And then we moved here in '04. <laughs> and I remember, actually, it was a January. It was like 11 degrees in January. We're on Michigan Ave in Chicago. I was picking Maria up from her office, and we were waiting for the bus, and I was freezing my butt off. And I looked at her, and I'm like, what are we doing here? And six months later, we ended up in L.A. <laughs> That's awesome. So many people come out here from, I, I've, I'm sure I've interviewed at least a few people from Boston 
and or Chicago. And everyone seems to come out for the weather, which is a great reason. That's why I'm here from Canada, because I couldn't deal with one more year of <laughs> eight months of winter. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what, how did you get out here? Did you come out here for a job or? Yeah. So my background is finance and business. So when I moved here originally back in 04, I was an investment manager and I had my, I ran my own firm. So I basically ran a hedge fund for about five years until the financial crisis. And I moved out here to make my big, you know, my, my big jump with Maria. And then after the financial crisis of 08 and 09, the economics changed from managing a hedge fund. At the time, I had a couple hundred million under management, and I had a seed investor, and the seed investor loved me, uh, but unfortunately, the seed investor got a margin call, and I had the most cash because I could see the, the crisis coming. And unfortunately, they had to pull the money from me because I was the one that had most of it available. So I got penalized essentially for being the smart one at that time and, you know, in that time of the crisis. So in 2010, I was recruited by Quincy Cass Associates, which is essentially a, um, it's a broker dealer investment advisory firm. It's really like a family office here in town. And they've been around for 90 years. They needed a chief investment officer. I knew the owner because I was renting space at the same location, and we got to know each other over the five years when I was managing managing the fund. And so it was a natural transition for me. Uh, they needed someone new to come in for the investment advisory and kind of take up, um, I guess, the new generation, and that became me. So my transition was fairly easy from one job into the next. In fact, I didn't even have to move the office. And I've been the chief investment officer for about 10 years now. And I moved up. I got promoted to president about five years ago, maybe six years ago. And essentially, I run the family office. So I keep my job is to keep families out of trouble hopefully you'll never read about us in the newspaper and you know i yeah my job is to make them money uh, essentially or again just keep them out of trouble everyone has their own objectives and you know it what's nice is there's no pressure because it's a private office and i know every client intimately friendly family weddings deaths generational um in fact the original family which is uh what the firm is named for quincy cass associates i still manage the cass family money so it's pretty interesting and being in la it's also interesting because i deal with a lot of celebrities um they just don't know i manage their money because i deal with the business managers is that a good thing or a bad thing no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's funny because I can be at a restaurant. I can look over to my right and, and you know, you see a, a star and it's like, I manage his money and he just doesn't know it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. At least from where I'm sitting. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so you enjoy what so, you do. But that's my day job. Yeah. And that gives you the opportunity to, 
you during the day that's what you're doing and then during off hours you're coaching running or running for yourself correct so weekends and weeknights i'm running or coaching you know i consider it therapy myself personally so i i think i would go insane if i couldn't run <laughs> well you have an interesting goal that i'd love for you to share with us and yeah, let's just start there. Why don't you share what you're working towards, and then I can ask you questions around that. Okay. So I'm working on the Seven Continents Club, which means I've to run seven marathons, one marathon in each continent. And I have four of them complete. I'm working on my fifth now, which happens to be in a cold region of the world called Antarctica. So I love the fact that I'm running Antarctica, but I have to say I've, I've become thin-blooded since I moved from Chicago, and 40 degrees is cold, so I don't know what I'm going to do in zero. <laughs> I get the same thing. People always say when, I, when it's cold here, and of course cold here isn't cold in Canada, but people say, you're from Canada, you're not supposed to be cold. And I said, I moved from Canada, so I don't have to be cold. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was funny because when I moved here the first time, it was probably 40 degrees. Marie and I had the convertible top down and we had our T-shirts on and people were looking at us like we were nuts. But it's like when you come from Chicago and it's 20 degrees, this, you know, 40 degrees is fantastic. That's right. Well, now, you know, fast forward 15 years, 40 degrees. Give me a give me a jacket. Yeah, it's climate. You get climatized. It's 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 cold yeah. at that time. You you really do. <laughs> Okay, so where did this goal come from? Where, where were you, what were you doing? You were sitting there in front of the fire one day, and you said, "I need to run seven continents." Where did that yeah, idea come from? It, it's an interesting, it's it's an interesting story. So when I first started running uh, marathons, I heard of what they called the World Marathon Majors, which there are six major marathons in the world, and I started that process back in 2012. And it culminated in Tokyo 2017. So I completed the six majors, and there's like a circuit. So I was probably the 22nd hundred runner to complete all six majors. And there was a group of us uh, in Tokyo, and we finished the marathon, and we were all sitting, sitting down after, you know, having dinner. And I just looked up and I'm like, what do we do? And I'm, hey, guys, why don't we run the seven continents? We already have three done. <laughs> you said this? I, yes. <laughs> and lo and behold, we signed up and <laughs> we've been doing it ever since. So there's four of us going. Uh, one of the athletes, this will be, I believe, her sixth or I don't think it's her seventh. I think it's her sixth. It'll be my fifth. And the other two athletes, I believe it'll be their fourth or fifth. So, so do you I, actually travel with them? Or not yes. Always? So I've traveled with one of them most of my races in, uh, in terms of like the foreign races. So Tokyo, Berlin, and London, I've traveled with um, uh, Nahid, uh, one of my, uh, an athlete, a friend of mine named Nahid. She started the journey with me, so I hopefully we'll finish it together uh, for the seventh. But she's ahead of me right now by one. So, and then 
the other athletes I've traveled with from time to time, depending on the race. So it's, I mean, it's just amazing. It's fun, you know, going with friends. The Antarctica one, though, the Antarctica Marathon, it's kind of a little different because these other races you can go to on your own. You don't need to go with a tour company. Antarctica, you actually need to go with a tour company. They set everything up. So there is a wait list, and I don't know how many years it is now. We signed up in 2017, and it was a three-year wait list. And you're limited to the capacity of the boat. So there are 300 athletes that will be traveling to Antarctica from 25 different countries. We fly into Buenos Aires where we all meet. We get debriefed on what to expect, although we've already had like a conference call to discuss it and what we need to bring with us. Then we'll spend two days in Buenos Aires, one day in Uruguay. Then we get on a plane and fly to the tip of Argentina to a city that I can't pronounce. And then we get on a ship and we take the ship through the Drake Passage uh, for three days to Antarctica. So we arrive Antarctica in the morning and then they will set the course up that morning. Um, and then the elite marathon runners, and when I say elite, the fast of the fast runners will, will go and the half marathon will go. And you're running and the then, full marathon or half? Yeah. Yeah. I'm running the full the following day. So, so the first day that we show up, they have to set the course up and it depends on the conditions. So we go from scientific station to scientific station. So when we start, we will run either to, let's just say, the Uruguay Scientific Station, which may be three and a half miles, depending on if the weather is conducive, we will continue on to the Russian Scientific Station. And that's about eight miles. So then it becomes a eight-mile loop. If the weather is not the greatest, then we, maybe we only go to Uruguay and we do eight loops of the Uruguay scientific station. Um, one year, the weather was so bad, and we stay on a boat. We, we actually stay on the ship. So you're so sleeping on year, it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, we're sleeping on the ship. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so one year, the, the weather was too rough to leave the ship. So they couldn't hold the marathon actually on the continent itself, but the athletes ran the marathon on the ship. So just kept running circles around the ship. And I pray to pray to God that that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> I like to be, you know, on 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 dry land when I run the marathon. <laughs> oh my gosh, they ran on the ship. Okay, this sounds like a treasure hunt. What, what did you call it? Drake's Pass. You follow Drake's yeah. Pass, and you. <laughs> Go through the candy yeah. cane forest. <laughs> <laughs> Who sets well, this up? Is it like an organization that puts this all together? Yes, it's called Marathon Tours. And I definitely recommend them. Uh, if you're doing any foreign marathons, they're fantastic. They handle everything for you. And it's set up with the intention of, you know, the athlete running a marathon. So they handle everything for you. I've used them for London. I've used them for Tokyo. 
um, I can't say enough great things about marathon tours and you can find them on the web. They, they do everything. If you want to run a marathon in the Serengeti, uh, if you wanted to go to Australia, if you want to, you name it, they have it. Do you have to have a certain number of people that are, are doing like signing up with marathon tours or is that for individuals? No, it's usually a tour setup, and they kind of have the system down pat, so they know how many athletes will usually go. Uh, when we went to Tokyo, I think Tokyo had about 300 athletes. I want to say London was probably the same. The majors tend to be the big ones because those are where all the athletes are completing the world major circuit. But they also do smaller ones where maybe there's only 10 athletes or 20 athletes going. So it just depends. But they have it down to a science, and there are other organizations that they can partner with. So maybe if they're going to one where they only have 10 athletes, they'll partner with another organization and double it up. So there becomes 20, and and they'll handle it that way. So it just depends. But they're pretty good at gauging which marathons the athletes want to pursue. So doing these trips all around the world and different continents and such – I'd imagine it's expensive. Uh, it can be. It just depends. I like to think that it's a it's going on vacation and you just happen to run a 26.2-mile race. So you're so going to I, vacation in Antarctica? <laughs> yeah, actually I am. It's kind of funny, but Buenos Aires, two days, Uruguay a day. And then when I get to Antarctica, even though we do the race – we also are going sea kayaking, and we're doing a couple hikes to see the penguins, and then we're doing a whale watching uh, cruise as well, or tour on the boat. Wow, that sounds awesome! Sounds like uh, a crazy adventure. It is. It was kind of funny because when we did the conference call, as I mentioned, there's 25 countries involved, and listening to the instructions or the debriefing or the the briefing if you will by the time i got off the call i was my hand was shaking like what the hell did i get myself into so (laughs) you know you need a you need a dry bag to make sure that you have clothing on on the land during the race you're not allowed to bring anything that can be thrown away onto antarctica so all of your goos have to be included into like a flask or a container, so you can't throw it away. No wrappers. Your shoes have to be biochemically cleaned while you're on the ship, so that way you do not bring any seeds or any agricultural onto Antarctica to preserve the the, the ecosystem. Wow. Um, you know the run if you wear contacts they they tell you to wear uh, ski goggles so you don't lose your uh, contacts ski ski pants are also recommended um to stay warm (laughs) so you're going to be running this marathon in ski pants yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) does that so if someone like me that sounds crazy does that sound crazy to someone like you? Oh, <laughs> or yeah, really? Hell yeah. No, it sounds crazy. But okay. it's awesome. The, the feeling of it. I mean, it's Antarctica. You're, you're actually running on the bottom of the world. My, my wife made a comment. She's, you know, just make sure you don't fall off. But how cool is that? I mean, 
you're at the bottom of the world running 26.2 miles. To me, that you know, there's something about the adventure to just accomplish that. And you know, when I there's an there's an old saying about you know, life is not about going to the grave with a with a, a well rested body, but to rather go in thoroughly used up, <laughs> sliding in broadside, saying, "Wow, what a ride!" <laughs> and that's kind of what I want to do. When, when I go, I want to be able to look back at life and say, wow, I've done a lot of things. Are we going to be able to follow you along in, in any way, or will we only catch it afterwards of how it went? You'll see a lot of it on Facebook as to me posting on the trip itself. But the race itself, I don't envision carrying a, a iPhone during the race. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what does your training look like at the moment for you to prepare for this race? Uh, the training for that, I mean, it's like any other marathon in the sense that, you know, you have to train for 26.2 miles. If you're in Denver, you, you have a much better chance because you're dealing with the cold already and you already have your gear. I'm training in L.A. in, you know, 50 or 60 degree weather, so... You know, I'm kind of behind the eight ball with that regard. Uh, so the, you know, the weather is going to be a big issue for me. But the training is the same. It's more trail running and it's a lot of uh, elevation. So for someone that lives in L.A., you want to run like the PV. You want to run what we call the Amalfi Loop or Griffith Park. Uh, you, you definitely need to get some trail running in because Antarctica, there's no you know, paved streets, if you will. Yeah, you're going to be running on snow and gravel. So how many days a week are you running right now? I typically run five days a week. I've been coming, uh, I'm actually coming off of an injury. So uh, it was actually a pretty long injury. It was a tear on the hamstring. And that kind of set me back. So I've been running, but I really haven't been training like I I have in the past. So my my goal for Antarctica isn't to, to race it my goal is just to complete it so i'm logging at this point i'm logging about 50 miles a week which is low for me during a real training season but it should be enough to get me to finish 26.2 miles and so that's something that you feel confident in doing with your coming off an injury that you can get through this run or this yes Exactly. Does nutrition play a part in your training, not just day to day, but also is it any different for a prep to in a, for a race in Antarctica? No, not really. It's, it's just a function. You just have to make sure you take in the caloric intake during the race. It'll be a little more interesting in the way that how we have to do it at you know, picking it up at the scientific stations and we'll have bottles set up ahead of time. Uh, so that way there we can, you know, we can pick it up. We, we can't really bring it with us during the run itself because they don't want you to be able to throw anything away. Have you had a, have you on any of your other continents, have you had anything similar to the logistics of what you're going, what you're going into with this one? Not even close. This might as well be an expedition to the Himalayans, Himalaya or Everest. It's like when I got off the when I got off the phone con, the phone conference call with the original prep, 
again, my thought was, what the hell did I get myself into? But now <laughs> it's kind of like it just you you just have to embrace it and. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get there and I'll complete it, whether I have to walk it or run it. And, you know, 26.2 miles is one hell of a journey in, in our Antarctica. It's going to be fantastic. And what does recovery look like for you? Do, you? do you do anything specifically to help with your hamstring or in general to help your body recover? Yeah, well, I mean, like any like training for any race you know the the running portion is only a portion of it it's the it's the race prep it's the stretching out it's the post recovery it's setting up the nutrition for a run making sure that you take it uh, you know after a run you know people stop running but that's just part of it you know you need the warm up you need the cool down you need to do the drills or the stretching after the run uh, to make sure that you are, you know, your body handles it and doesn't get injured. Um, you know, the injury that I had was a freak um, that I, you know, I woke up one morning and all of a sudden my leg was in severe pain and, and I couldn't understand how it even happened. So it was just one of those where I guess I pushed it and it, it, at one point it was just too much. I woke up the next morning like, wow. So... But you have to, you know, after every run, you have to recover. You know, you have to stretch. Um, you have to do the roller. Uh, and then you have to fuel also. Did you, it, when you, as a coach, like you're coaching a number of different athletes and you're training for your own run, does it make it more challenging to do both? Or maybe does it help with your own training? Yes and no. Um Yes, because you're answering questions and, you know, for your athletes. So they're taking time away from your focus. So, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. But at the same point, it helps because it also kind of reinforces what you need to do because you're in the process of training yourself. So, you know, there's pluses, pluses and minuses. Is there... And you always have running partners. Yeah, that's something that I was I was curious about. Is there someone that helps you train? Like I know that the best athletes in the world have coaches. Coaches have coaches. Is there someone that's helping you prepare for this one? Not for this one. This isn't a this isn't a race race for me. This is just an accomplishment. But as far as you know, help absolutely. I, I, I run with so many different athletes. Frankly, I hate running alone. So running with athletes who are training for other races is fantastic. You know, and, and again, you, you know, you know, I'm part of the South Bay Runners Club. I'm also part of the LA Road Runners, the LA Running Club. But, you know, the running community around here is just fantastic in LA. So there's always an athlete willing to run with me if I need a, if I need a running partner. And I'm very much appreciative of that. Is that. I always wonder, like the whole running community is relatively new to me. Is there, has there anywhere that you've been that would have anything similar? Like Boston, for example, like there's the Boston Marathon. Like would they have a similar running community or Chicago, for example? They all have organizations. 
I can't, you know, I can't speak for them specifically, but there are organizations all over the city, cities. You just have to look for them. I know when I travel, I usually just Google a running store and I call the running store up and they'll tell me if there are any groups in the area. So I've done that before. Um, so you, you know, just but, go run with a random group when you're traveling? Yeah, pretty much. There's always a group somewhere and, you know, hey, they don't care, you know, color, creed, religion. Hey, if you want to run, they'll run. <laughs> and, you know, and that's and I, and I love that about the running community. You know, you keep your politics aside, keep everything else aside. Hey, you want to go run 20 miles? Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I like to ask this question. I, I know you've done a, a number of different runs, so you might have an interesting story here for us. Is there anything that you, any memory that you can take us to maybe visually that was super challenging for you? Maybe you thought you wouldn't get through it. Maybe it was in the middle of a tough run. And, and maybe you did push through it, or maybe you didn't. Something that you learned from one of the most challenging runs of your career. Wow, um, they're all challenging. I mean, I mean, marathons twenty six point two is twenty six point two. I think everybody at mile twenty hates them. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any one that you know stands out. They're all memorable. Um, you know, the challenge is when you get to mile 20, it, you know, the, the saying goes, a marathon is a 20 mile warm up, and then you have a 10 K at the end and the 10 K is the race. So, it, you know, it's mental. It's one of those where you have to focus at mile 20 and know that you've put in the work and the time to accomplish your goal. Now, everyone has that fight in their head. Like, what am I doing? Or I can't do this or I have to be nuts. But you have to just overcome it and, and you know, and go through it. So it becomes mental. Um, but they're all hard. All right, Mark, that is just about going to wrap things up here. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover in the interview? Um. The only thing I would say is, you know, enjoy the running journey. If if anybody's ever looking for a coach, you can find me on, you know, at coachmarkmanicello.com if you can ever spell that. <laughs> um, but I love helping athletes, um, and I just enjoy the journey. You know, the 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 finish line is 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 not the end. It's it's the journey that you travel. And I've met so many interesting people around the world running. I'm just grateful that I can do it. What is it that drives you? Where does that passion come from as a coach to help other runners succeed? I love seeing athletes that are intimidated or don't believe in themselves and turning that around and saying, yes, you can. And then to see them finish and the smile on their face that they've done it and they've achieved something. And it doesn't even have to, it doesn't even have to be, you know, a, a personal record or qualifying for a race. I think one of the proudest moments I've ever had as a coach was an athlete finishing the LA marathon in nine hours and 21 minutes. And just watching this athlete cross the finish line for him, it might as well be the Olympics or the World Games. And it was, it was just amazing. 
I love seeing that with every athlete. You know, they you know they put in the time and the effort, and they have every reason maybe not to do it. And you know, the friends are telling them, "Don't do it," or "You're too old," or "You're too heavy," or "Or you're you're too young." And then they do it. And I love seeing that as a coach because the only thing that holds you back is 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 yourself. I love that. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate you taking time to come on today and share your story with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Drew. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end. Just a quick note about our fitness programs that we provide. We do this online. Sometimes we'd meet in person, but many times we can do this wherever you are, wherever we are. We set you up. If you feel like you're not reaching the goals, if you feel like you're not reaching your full potential, I would definitely recommend putting together a fitness program along with running to help you improve your time get faster get better maybe you'll find yourself setting new goals and breaking new records you never know but i think when you pair up nutrition and fitness with running there really is no limit to what you can accomplish more details are at trueformlife.com we put together different posts and information throughout the day throughout the week or on facebook.com slash trueformlife we do fitness challenges we do nutrition challenges all kinds of lifestyle stuff coming at you there we're also on instagram.com slash drew tadia we're posting on stories and we put up posts daily there as well so we have a new contest coming up that we're going to be talking about on instagram pairing up with one of the running stores locally so last month we gave away a pair of shoes and some socks some running socks this month we have something new coming at you as well so you're gonna have to follow along on those pages because we like to keep these shows evergreen content and that means we want to be able to play the shows in months later or years later and all have relevant content so that's why I don't want to just drive you to our social media pages. I just don't want to be like someone listening to this in four months and being like, hey, how do I participate in that giveaway? <laughs> Might be a little embarrassing for us. At any rate, thank you so much for following along. Thank you for, thank you for being a part of our community here. This is season three. I can't believe we're here. And we certainly wouldn't be here without you, without your recommendations. I think at least half the show guest recommendations has come from you guys our audience so if you have anyone interested or if you think you know someone that would be a great interview shoot us a message i'm sure we can set something up if they'd like to come on sometimes we get someone that says hey you you should reach out to this person they'd be a great interview so i reach out to them and they're like um no thanks <laughs> which is perfectly fine some people just aren't ready to be interviewed and it's tough it's tough to sit here and let people listen to you and sit in front of a microphone or be interviewed it's not easy by any means so we always appreciate new guests coming on though and people coming forward to share their stories because everyone has a unique and interesting story it's just not interesting to you because you live it every day but we do have another guest coming up next week and her story is awesome she has so many cool stories i didn't get into it too much because then the whole interview would be just be about her life and i think that i wanted to talk about more recovery stuff with her so we'll announce that more details on our social media pages but we definitely have more interviews coming up for season three so again thank you so much for being here more details about what we do at trueformlife.com thanks so much for being here and we hope to catch you on the next show